0: Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your chief security fanatic here. And in TikTok news, and I actually can't believe I have to talk about this, but TikTok has actually been rehabbing the image of Osama Bin Laden. And that's honestly something I never thought I'd have to talk about. Now... For backdrop, if you don't know what's going on, and for context, this is coming from the editorial board of the Wall Street Journal, who I thought had a pretty good write-up on this, but also asked the exact right questions, those that formed in my mind when I first read this from a different news source. And here's essentially what's going on. The actual terrorist that plotted uh, essentially 9-11, and I'm sure if you're watching or listening to this, most of you probably lived through that as I did and remember exactly where you were. Osama bin Laden went viral. And not in a good way, because users have been posting videos to the Chinese-owned app TikTok, urging their followers to read Osama Bin Laden's 2002 Letter to America, and basically suggesting that he's on to something. Quote, I will never look at this country the same, end quote. Now, the videos racked up hundreds of thousands of views. I've read that also in other sources that one went viral for millions of views. TikTok said on Thursday it is, quote-unquote, aggressively removing this kind of content. Quote, the number of videos on TikTok is small and reports of it trending on our platform are inaccurate. End quote. They're blaming critics and journalists for noticing this, saying that all of the attention was driving more traffic to the post. And while that may be true, this is one of the big problems that we have with TikTok. I have written on TikTok quite a bit. And don't get me wrong. Facebook, etc. is no slouch, but TikTok, uh, just given what we know and and how they've operated, I think is the worst when it comes to this, and we'll get to that. Now, on top of it, the British newspaper The Guardian unpublished its copy of the Bin Laden uh, letter, which it posted back in 2002 because it was being, quote, widely shared on social media without the full context. An archived version of this, and for the record, I did read it back in the day, and essentially... It is essentially what you would expect from somebody that is an extremist from a religion, in this case, Islam. Now, he denounces licentiousness, including President Clinton's immoral acts. He calls AIDS a, quote, satanic American invention, end quote. And of course, he rants about the, quote, unquote, Jews, because, yes, like many extremists, he wants to get rid of all of them. He says Muslims are, quote, the inheritors of the real Torah that has not been changed, end quote. And then he claims, basically, uh, that that makes them the rightful heirs to the land of Palestine, quote. The creation of Israel is a crime which must be erased, end quote. That is obviously a, a very extreme position because if that is the case, what you're essentially talking about is genocide, a second holocaust. And this is somebody that is being held up. Uh, Now, as a rehabbed individual where he was onto something, I think this speaks to bigger issues. Now, to quote the Wall Street Journal directly and not just paraphrase as I've been doing, and I quote, it should be a cause for contemplation on university campuses that some young Americans in 2023 can apparently read Osama bin Laden's justifications for 9-11 and see a reflection of what they've been taught about settler colonialism, end quote. A serious question, though, essentially is how and how much these platforms are shaping American education and political discourse. Now, according to Pew uh, Research Center poll uh, that was published earlier this week, 14% of American adults, quote, say they regularly get news from TikTok, end quote. Now, for the record, that's lower uh, than the figure for Facebook, which is at 30%. However, Facebook is actively dropping news. I'm actually preparing another uh, video podcast slash radio segment on that. It's also higher than Twitter, for the record, that's at 12% percent despite the prominence Twitter has had historically uh, due to journalists. Obviously Elon Musk has been changing the tone and the shape of how Twitter operates and handles and so here we are. As expected TikTok for the record is the biggest following among those ages 18 to 29 about a third of whom reportedly uh, regularly get their news on social media. And so understand that that something I've talked about and for the record and I probably should have started this immediately is I do not care what side you are on, you know, in this conflict. You know, you have your opinions, I have my opinions, but when we are talking about the extremists of the world, you know, those that that would use terror to harm others, and it's not just 9-11. Osama bin Laden has a very deep history of this going back to Africa, going back to uh, uh, basically the Mujahideen in Afghanistan, and I understand the CIA influence of that versus the Soviets as the CIA in the United States armed the Mujahideen, but there is a lot of history here that shows that people that lack compassion and lack empathy in the name of whatever it is, in his case, an extremist view of a religion, are not those that push the ball forward in any way, real way, in a positive manner. And I think one of the biggest problems that we have here, and, and it goes for a lot, is that, and I've written on this consistently and continuously, is that we are losing our reality. We are basically getting filter bubbles and feeds, and we are being pushed, thanks to algorithms, into opposing corners, opposing viewpoints. And if we are being taught about things like colonial settlers, like settler issues, which actually, for the record, is a serious problem that the world has had, we also have to understand what it looks like in the modern era. We also have to understand that there are going to be balances. And there is, I think, no justification for violence unless it's defense Others may disagree. Does that mean proactive or not? I'm not going to answer that question because everybody's going to have a different opinion, as, I, as do I. But I want to really take time to really underscore and recognize that this is a problem when we literally have demonstrable evidence. Facts on the ground. I'm not talking about conspiracy theorists that will disagree on 9-11 and all of that. We have actual facts, evidence, overwhelmingly so, not to mention recordings of Osama bin Laden well before the deep fake era of himself talking about these things, uh, being interviewed, for for example, on, on va- various television networks. There is a huge body of evidence to show that this individual is not just an extremist, but a terrorist and wanted to move those things forward. And what does this tell us? It shows us that we are losing our reality that we are susceptible to the filter, to the feed. And in part, as we build online social networks, as opposed to in-person social networks, how we score points was originally call-out culture. But it's also morphing into understanding uh, an understanding or a belief that that you have to be on the, the quote-unquote righteous side of an argument. And if that the majority of the mob online says, oh, this is something as opposed to something else, that's a very serious issue. Now, if you didn't know, I have a degree in history. I might be in cybersecurity. I've got a lot of certifications, and I've got plenty of history and work experience going back decades in this field, uh, you know, and certifications and technology and cybersecurity and et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, I went to college for history because I love history. I love reading about these things. I love the analytics of this. And I don't like to brush up against politics in this kind of reporting only in the sense that oftentimes it dovetails with my job in cybersecurity and the other facets of, you know, of the cyber realm that we work in. And so by virtue of that, we start to see and we start to understand that there are patterns to data. There are patterns to misinformation and disinformation. There are patterns to levels of acceptability for for those that consume news, consume information in some way, shape or form. And this is one of those things where as you're looking at it, you're talking about the same platform that we know has its algorithms manipulated. We know is locked down in China for their youth, that they can only spend 45 minutes in their prioritized education, uh, you know, educational things, which only until recently, you know, the youth here in the United States and other countries Essentially, you know, we're fed absolutely ridiculous things with no time limits. You know, the Europeans discovered literally this year that Chinese propaganda in terms of rehabbing the Chinese image on things like their oppression of the Uyghurs is one of those things that was regularly pushed out to basically say, hey, China's not so bad. And if the youth are getting this and the youth are ingesting this without the full context of history, that's a serious problem. And the other side of this coin is understanding conflicts like the Israeli-Palestine conflict, it's not just the last 50-70 years, you know, since since 1948 when Israel was founded. This goes back thousands of years with land claims, religious implications, and all of this. And to simply glibly say one side or the other has some moral justification, that's a very tough statement to say. There has there is a, a precedent on both sides but also how you handle yourself in war, in fighting, in violence, in anger, in grief, in all of these things. And I think we need to understand that just not as a society, but but as humanity. The best governments, the best leadership are those that understand empathy, that understand that justice does indeed bend arcwise towards truth, but it also has compassion. Meaning justice has the letter and the spirit of the law. And when one of those is violated, the law is slightly less. And that is one of the biggest issues that we have here. And so I urge all of you, especially if you're watching this and you've read Osama bin Laden's letter and you're thinking, hey, you know, this guy's onto something. Understand the depth and the history of who that individual was, where he came from, what he believed, why he believed what he believed and understand the acts And the justifications he had to cause terror and death, not just in the United States, but in other places around the globe. And so I will leave you with that. I'm not preaching. You can believe what you want to believe. But understand, we are losing our reality through disinformation, through artificial intelligence, through basically the algorithms that are being created by foreign governments to push us one way or the other we've got to cut through the noise we've got to step back and objectively look and say what is truth and there's arguments on both sides and there's there's realization of facts and justifications on both sides and understand and balance the probabilities and possibilities of outcomes and balance and judge the possibilities and probabilities of essentially how a govern a govern a society governs itself these are things that are beyond important And so I'll get off my soapbox, like I said, but I think it's something that we all need to take to heart. And so I'll leave you with that. Take care. And honestly, good luck.